Chapter 2. Understanding Control The last time you were worried or anxious about something, I can 99% guarantee it was due to your lack of understanding of control. That's a bold statement, and one that might sound unfairly critical. Allow me to explain. Stoics believe that each and every person has their own sphere of influence. Essentially, your own sphere of influence encompasses all of the things in your life over which you have any control. Stoics maintain that anything outside your sphere of influence should be regarded as an external source of discomfort, which must be ignored and not allowed to affect your tranquility. In What the Hell is Stoicism, I explained how being stoic is less about not letting any emotions affect you and more about the removal of negative emotions. By learning about your sphere of influence and about what you actually control, you will first begin to understand and then put into practice the idea of not letting things outside of your control affect you. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and wisdom to know the difference. That's the 20th century Christian serenity prayer. This is used by Alcoholics Anonymous and by other 12-step recovery programs. Regardless of any religious beliefs, the serenity prayer forms a solid foundation for the stoic interpretation of control. If the religious connotation doesn't sit right with you, simply omit the word God and address the prayer as a statement to yourself. The Trichotomy of Control As I'm sure you know, Trichotomy refers to anything split into three parts. Control falls into three parts, namely, number one, things we can control, number two, things we can't control, number three, things that we have some control over. Things we can control. Believe it or not, there are only two things that we can control, our thoughts and our actions. That's it, nothing else whatsoever. Things we can't control. This list is endless, but I'm going to pick out a few things which I feel are pertinent in relation to your wedding. The weather. People's opinions of you. What people think. What people do. The past. With the exception of the weather, these are all very general things, which I will expand on a little later. Things that we have some control over. This is often the hardest category to grasp. So I always like to use an analogy or two to give a better understanding. Analogy 1. A tennis match. Imagine you and I are playing a lovely game of tennis. A crowd of spectators munching on strawberries and cream are questioning why I'm wearing a tennis skirt. But hey, at least they agree I've got the legs for it. Do you have control over whether you win this tennis match against me? You can't answer yes to this, and you also can't answer no. Even if you have a hitman sitting amongst the spectators hired to take me out for humiliating you, there is still a chance he will miss his target. Otherwise, you have some influence over the outcome of this match. But you can't completely control it. A tennis match could therefore be categorised as something which we have some control. Now, you can divide this situation into the first two categories, things we can control and the things we can't control. Sticking with the tennis match analogy, here are some examples of things you can control. Your training regime. Your choice of coach. The equipment you use. The clothes you wear, 
For instance, it's harder to play tennis in a duffel coat. How much effort you put in. How distracted you are by me wearing a tennis skirt. Note how all of these things fall into the category of your thoughts and your actions. That being said, I could turn out to be a slightly hairier version of Pete Sampras, despite you training hard, hiring the best coach, buying the best gear, playing harder than you've ever played before, and refusing to be distracted by me wearing a tennis skirt, I could still annihilate you on the court. That's because of a number of factors, including my training regime, my coach, the equipment I've invested in, the clothes I'm wearing, maybe the tennis skirt will give me the edge, how much effort I put in. All of these things, as well as my natural ability, are things you simply can't control. You can control your part in the tennis match, I can control my part of it, but neither of us has complete control of the tennis match or its outcome. We both have to just concentrate on the things we can control. Analogy 2. Racing a lift. This example came to me when I was on holiday with my partner and our two daughters. We just enjoyed a day at the hotel pool and were heading back to our room, from the ground level up to floor four. My elder daughter, Sienna, suddenly declared that she wanted to race against the lift. My partner, Natalie, agreed to join her, while myself and my youngest daughter, India, took the lift. Thinking of Sienna's little legs and the speed of the lift, I was already looking forward to my triumphant victory. I can be a little bit over-competitive at times. Ready, steady, go. And what happened? Just as I was about to press the button to go up to floor four, someone at the basement level called the lift, and we started going down. A great start, we were even further from the finishing line. The lift door opened, someone entered, and they only wanted to go up one floor. How lazy is that? The lift stopped at the ground floor, our new companion got out, and someone else entered the lift. And guess what? They wanted to go to floor two. So we ended up having to stop at floor two before we even then got to floor four. By the time we reached floor four, Sienna had mastered some of the world's most challenging Sudoku puzzles and even the Times crossword. Again, looking at this situation, what did I have control of? Pressing the right button. How quickly I press that button. Whether or not I let other people into the lift. How quickly other people press the buttons. Whether I refused to let the newcomers choose the floors they wanted. What didn't I have control over? How fast Sienna and Natalie got to the fourth floor. Other people using the lift to go up only one floor. How quickly people got into the lift. How quickly people got out of the lift. The speed of the lift itself. And a few other things as well. I hope these two analogies have given you a good understanding of what you can and can't control in these two situations. We should easily be able to translate to any other situation. Your actions. Put simply, these are the things that you do. In the purest sense, no one else but us controls our actions. It could be argued that, for example, you are expected at work to behave a certain way and are told to do certain things. Even if you really don't want to do any of those things, you might feel you have to, as if you have no control. I would, however, argue that you always actually have a choice and control over everything you do. Even if you are certain you will jeopardise your position by not behaving a certain way or following orders, your actions are still ultimately up to you. For example, 
If you know you'd be fired if you finally cracked and threw a stapler at Barbara in the council receivable because you're fed up of hearing her cocky progress reports every single hour, we all know a Barbara, your actions are still governed by you, according to your awareness of the consequences. Let's get back now to your actions and how this chapter relates specifically to your wedding day. What you as a couple control in terms of actions. Your selection of venue. The types of supplier you use. Which suppliers you use. What you and your partner wear. How you arrange the format of your day. Your food and drink choices. Your choice of wedding theme. How you organise the seating plan. How much you spend. Who you invite. I'm sure you're getting the idea and will be able to add more to that list. Most crucial is that the things that are often some of the most stressful things about wedding planning cannot be placed on that list because they don't fall within your sphere of influence. Let's consider some of the biggest wedding stresses and think about them in terms of your own control. I fully acknowledge that me saying this isn't under your control doesn't automatically make something any better or any easier. In the final three chapters, I will cover specific techniques on how to let go of even the most emotionally charged aspects of life once you have recognised them to be outside of your sphere of influence. First, I only need to make you completely aware of a few factors you control in relation to your wedding. By the end of this chapter, you will understand how that knowledge can be extremely beneficial to you and your potential stress levels. Thanks for listening to the Stress-Free Bride Guide. If you've enjoyed this episode and would like to listen to the full, unabridged audiobook, then check in the show notes for a link to the Audible audiobook. This will be free if you're a new member to Audible.